Hi friends. I am so excited to be here today with my friend and sister in Christ, Amanda. I first met Amanda at Netcast. She was in front of us at church and with her family, and she was worshiping so freely. Then I found out Amanda is a business owner, and I quickly booked an appointment with the Pampered Camper. We had some amazing conversations about Jesus, and I am so excited for you to hear from her today. Welcome, Amanda. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. So thank you for including me and asking me to be a part of something like this. This is going to be fun. Absolutely. Yep. Can you tell us about your walk with Jesus? Oh, gosh. What a loaded question, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I first met Jesus when I was six years old. It is one of the only memories I have um, from being young that is super clear. I can see it in my head to this day. I know without a doubt I made whatever cognitive belief system I could at that time. I entered into that at six. Um, I did not walk my whole life with, with Christ. Mm -hmm. I think that didn't come later on until I was out of my house of origin, my family of origin and kind of moved away. I'm from upstate New York originally and moved to the Boston area um, at the time to continue to date my boyfriend, Colin, who's now my husband. So, um, praise Jesus that my decisions I made without consulting him resulted in a beautiful family and marriage. But, um, needless to say, grew up in the church, uh, a little more boring, traditional sense of the word, uh, was my church experience. Um, and then when, again, when I, when I moved to Boston and I moved in with Colin, we were just dating at the time and, uh, living all the ways in which people, you know, living like a married couple, let's say that. And, and working at the North Beverly Starbucks with a bunch of Christians and got introduced to a church in Gloucester the community church of East Gloucester of which we attended for 14 years and married us and all of those, uh, great things and started to attend. And through that process, Colin came alongside of me uh, as well and was okay with going to church. Although he, he didn't really have much religious background at all. And I actually went out, this is my big, my big adult moment. Um, so I, I think of my, my salvation. And then I think of this moment at 18, um, when I went out to dinner with two coworkers afterwards, we stopped in at Starbucks to grab our coffees and desserts and kind of chill and hang out for another hour. And in that conversation, one of them in a very loving and non-confrontational way challenged me on living with Colin. And I don't take offense to things, uh, very easily. So I wasn't offended. I was, I was happy to answer the question. Uh, no animosity, no bubbling up anger in me. I just kind of gave my answer, which was, I know he's going to be my husband and all the things that you say that I truly believed in the moment, you know, that, um, but I got in my car and on the way, the five minute drive back to our apartment, 
I just started out of nowhere, bawling my eyes out, um, shaking, uh, sweaty. And by the time I took the keys out of the car, I had realized why I was so upset. And the reason why I was upset was because I was having my first real adult humbling moment with the Lord, where those questions that that coworker had asked me about living with Colin immediately correlated in my heart that, that I had been living my life without ever even considering mm. or asking God what I should do, what he wanted for me. And it, and it cascaded beyond Colin and the relationship. It was, did I even pick the right college? And then when I moved that college to be closer to Colin, did I pick that right college then? And am I even in the right job while I'm going to college? And it just, it cascaded into every area of my life where I hadn't asked God anything. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we basically didn't have a relationship at all other than that I believed in Christ. And so I walk in the door hysterically crying to my non-believing boyfriend, Colin, and, and he's looking at me like who died. And I have to now try and explain what's happening in me. And all I know is that whatever I explained, it didn't turn him off. It, it kind of baffled him enough to agree to, to start going to church on a regular basis and get involved in a, in a community, um, outside of church of Christians. And through that, within a few months, Colin got saved. And then, wow. yeah, really, really awesome that, um, I think it just speaks to, to God's plan. Always. He uses all the bad for the good. So all my bad decisions per se, uh, for lack of a better way to say it, that I had made that year, moving in with Colin, moving to Boston, changing colleges, he used mm -hmm. as a, to bring Colin to him. So anyway, I, uh, from that point forward, we started going to church we had made the decision to kind of take a step back in our relationship and not sleep together anymore, uh, but still co cohabitate. That was significantly hard. And so, you know, we were married five months later, <laughs> uh, that started our marriage journey. And there's been moments in my life where I, I get back on my knees or flat on my stinking face really by the Lord. Um, and that we did together as a couple that we've done through parenting and things like that. But, but that was, that was the main moment where I, I kind of put skin in the game and said, yeah, I believe in you Christ. And, and not only do I believe in you, but you're going to, who I'm going to try and rotate my life around. Now, I don't even think, to be honest with you, Lena, I don't even know if I truly, truly understood that mm. until our baptism. Mm. which, uh, for anyone who's listening that doesn't know, uh, both Lena and I got baptized spur of the moment yes. in an open call at netcast. I was baptized at 10 and, uh, I, I don't know. It just, in that moment, it became very clear that God was asking me to do this again as an adult. Mm. And I did it. And, and I came up out of those waters a new person. Mm, uh, praise God. Uh, yeah. Praise God. Uh, so in some ways there's parts of me that, that still feel like a little baby Christian, even though I've walked 
basically my entire existence <laughs> with him. Yeah. Um, don't actually have a cognitive memory of what it's like to not believe in Christ. So, mm. but coming out of those waters, I, I have a very cognitive <laughs> memory and experience of what it's like to walk thinking he's the center and he's the first. Mm-hmm. He's not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I'm at now. I, I, there isn't a thought that goes through my mind now since our baptism in April or whenever it was, I forget May. um, that Jesus isn't in it. Mm. That is a new thing for me. That is definitely a new thing for me and very exciting. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, that was great. I'm oh. sure you to like, you can just, I could give you a whole day's worth of yeah. my walk and where yeah. I am with, but I, I think that gives you the, the major milestones to me. I have three. Now I have the day I was saved at six. I have the day that I cried my way home to my apartment, to my live-in boyfriend, now husband. And then I have my baptism day as an adult, just a couple of months ago. That's amazing. That's a beautiful, beautiful testimony. And, um, yeah, I, I, I opened up another set, um, on my notes and a few days ago, um, my daughter said to me, I'm really glad God is the center of our life. I can't imagine where we'd be if he wasn't. And I said back to her, um, I remember really clearly when God wasn't the center of our life. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm so focused on keeping him at the center. Um, Darlene Sheck once said, you know, and, and I'm going to paraphrase, but it's like, um, some of us have like a, a, like a metallic taste of when Christ wasn't at the center of our lives. And that is purposeful in the fact that it keeps like, for me, it keeps me like recentered on him because I'm like, I know how dark it is without <laughs> him, you know, like I, I, I was, you know, I'm grateful that my daughter said that. And then I was just reminded again, you know, God has taken us on this journey and I am so grateful that he's, that he's there and, and for his patience and his, and his great, he's a good father. Oh, he is. Oh, he is. He is. And, and I think that what I would like to really note for anyone listening is, is to constantly really keep, keep going to Jesus. Mm. And like, these are the things I wish that I had done prior and just kept asking the question, like, is he really the center? Mm -hmm. Because up until my baptism, I would have taken a bullet with that, I would have said, Oh yes, a hundred percent, like no way. And, and he wasn't, mm-hmm. was in certain areas that I put aside for him, sure. but he was not the ruler of every aspect of my life, mm-hmm. I, of every aspect of my life. Yeah. Um, thinking that I knew better or that I was being directed by him when 
maybe I was sometimes, but a lot of times I was just being directed by my own voice. And sure. oh, I just think that it's really important for Christians who, who grew up in it, like I did mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. ask that question of yourself. Yeah. Because you know this, I know my faith will wean and wane for the rest of my life. Oh, but- me too. Yep. Okay. So that I, I'm not speaking from a place of like, I got it and now I'm good. Mm-hmm. I got it. But I will say this, what I am experiencing now, I know that level of relationship with Jesus won't ever go again because that darkness that you talked about, yep. even Christian supposedly living in the light, like that is a darkness that is so heavy. Oh yeah. Like I get it now. Like yeah. I get it when someone says having the shackles off and the freedom, yeah. like you could not do anything that would make me go back. And that's coming from someone who knows she believed in Jesus her whole life. Yeah. So to encourage other people again, to just keep filtering your life yep. through who's the center. Cause I just wish I got it sooner. I'm 38 years old. I'm still super young. I have a young family. I have so much more, um, ahead of me, God willing. Um, but man, if I had just gotten it at 18 back mm-hmm. with first rush, yeah, nice. But yep. again, your point, God is so sovereign. He probably knew I wouldn't have gotten it then mm-hmm. able to handle it then or whatever. Yep. Just keep pressing in to that question. Yeah. Christ really the center. And does he really dictate every single one of my answers to any question? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the, and, and the, such a good set, all such good points and, and so important that we continue to just every day, every minute, right. Just like recenter our focus. Cause like the Bible tells us multiple times, God's word that Satan is the God of this world. And yeah. to me, that was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's, that's what it is. That's why, you know, we live in the upside down kingdom right mm-hmm. now. And that's why it feels so normal to you know, idolize, um, money and things and people, I mean, you know, significant others, our children, I mean, you can idolize anything, you know, and that's, that's why it feels normal to do that. You can idolize because you're using that word. And for some reason it's, it's striking a chord with me and I'm a verbal processor. So forgive me all of you who are Sounds on the street. Yeah. But the idolized, I almost idolized my story. Yeah. Pony. Almost as if I did have it checked off and sure. good. Yeah. My, under almost very Pharisee like, right. They thought they yeah. were good. And, and it wasn't until I really accepted that anything good in me is from him anyway. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. It, it turned into this now. So yep. it's like, and, th- and this is good. And yeah. this, and this, and this is humbling, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like 
humbling, like we don't got this, <laughs> you know, like help me Jesus. You know, sometimes that's just my prayer is just like, help me. I don't even know what to say. Like, help me. <laughs> I pray now for all the time now too, is there was a veil over my eyes. There was oh, yes. Is in my yep. life. Now I know to keep praying. Got to keep pulling them off. Keep yep. pulling I try to put them back on, or if there's another area yes. that, that you're going to enlighten me on, like yes. it's not when we read in the Bible that he unveils, yeah. I put it in the Christ follower, non-Christ follower. But now I understand yeah. verse too. like that verse is for me Yes, as a Christ follower too. Yeah. So I just constantly pray for that. Yeah. Take the fuzziness off of my own sight, Lord. Yeah. I don't want to think anything more of myself mm-hmm. then. Yep. Yep. For sure. We'll get trouble, right? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me about working in an industry that Jesus may not be at the center and, and how you deal with that? Yeah. So um, the Pamper Camper is a mobile spa. I have been an esthetician, which is someone who performs waxing and facials and makeup for 20 years now, and a massage therapist for over eight. And I worked always for somebody else. And about a year ago, I launched the Pamper Camper here in Beverly, Mass. And so in that world, if you can kind of think about massage and yoga and meditation and words like chakras and acupuncture and essential oils and energy treatments and Reiki. I mean, these are all part of my world Mm -hmm. and I have had to constantly take that to the Lord and figure out how I fit in it when he isn't the center of it. Mm. Now, I believe that God placed me in that world as a, as a, a way to continue and grow his kingdom. But I also think he's put me in this world to help open up the minds and hearts of people who don't understand words like energy and balancing energy and healing touch or healing in general. Um, cause they're just not part of our culture today mm-hmm. and it, that the unknown can be scary. And then we look at what the world did with all of that and they took God out of it. However, cause I've been in it for 20 years, when you sit down and you're in those circles or you're doing the meditation or they're guiding you through a yoga practice of some, some sort, or I've even had polarity energy treatments or Reiki treatments, all of their verbiage, everything they're saying, it's a hundred percent biblical. They just mm-hmm. took out of it, in my opinion, in the way that I'm experiencing Christ and reading the Bible, like Jesus was a healer. He was an energy healer. Mm -hmm. I think um, verses in the Bible, my favorite Bible story of all time. I mean, other than Jesus himself being born, dying and resurrecting is the one of the, the bleeding woman. Mm. 
and how she reached out for his cloak and only merely touched his cloak. And he stops and turns around and is looking for the person to whom, which he says, who has touched me, who has Mm. reached out for me. And, um, some translations, it even says who took my energy from me. And so the reason why I love that story so much is because it speaks to the fact that we are energetic beings and we were made in God's likeness. And he, however, he did it. It's not for us to know on this side. And maybe we'll get to know uh, on the other side when we're with him face to face, but he, I believe healed. That's a way in which he did that. And to me, all you see in the life of Jesus's ministry is him constantly healing. And I believe that that is what my industry is meant to do. Now, whether it does it effectively, that's a different question. Cause I don't think there's enough Christians in this world. If I'm going to be quite frank, I think we need more voices to say, to be in those circles and plant the seeds when they can with the people who really think it's mother earth or their own personal power within them or anything like that. But then also to speak in the Christian circles and be like, just because somebody believes this, this is actually an avenue to Christ. If you just can humble yourself and keep asking God to show you how that can be an avenue and to just not write it off. If that makes sense. I think that there's a lot of thing that's out there to be had that isn't being done mm-hmm. because people are scared of what the world did with healing and healing touch, you know? And so in situations where I have chosen to, ex- to experience Reiki or energy treatments, I always go in it knowing I'm sealed with Christ. Yep. Amen. Yep. That- and he will make, he's not a God of confusion. And so he will make it clear for me if I shouldn't do it, which Mm -hmm. I've never done anything in that realm in my world, uh, with yoga, meditation, Reiki, anything like that, that he told me not to do. Mm -hmm. And they've been very clear when I'm in it and doing it with somebody and either it stopped mid session or two or three sessions down the road. I just knew I got what I needed from that. Mm Jesus spoke to me and worked through that. And now it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. And in those moments I can look back and I, I purely was taking them selfishly, but now I can see how God used my openness to it, to speak truth mm-hmm. to even some healers, because when they would speak to me, my conversation back to them said, God said, Christ said this. So I was always pointing back to, I believed that healing was coming from or what we were engaging in, in the human body with Christ. So I see how he used me as throughout my whole 20 years as, as a way to hopefully broaden what healing means to the Christian world and to bring Jesus back in to this kind of spiritual Mm -hmm. world. Mm-hmm. For lack of, it's just, it's so ambivalent, this world, like that, that side of it. So I don't, I don't know if that, did that answer at all? Totally. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I, yep. Yep. Totally. 
Yep, that's exactly where I was going with that question. <clears throat> when we were together um, last month, we got into a very interesting conversation about love languages. Um, I love Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. Um, and I, you know, personally realized um, physical touch is, is one of my um, important love languages. We talked about how the enemy can steal that from us. Can you, can you talk about that? The way you explained it was just incredible. Oh, I remember what I said that day. Um, <laughs> okay. So the question is, um, sorry, guys got distracted by my daughter for a second. Yeah. No worries. Um, no worries. Question was how Will you just repeat it? Yeah, I'm sorry. Sure. Yeah. No, no worries. So we were talking about, um, the five love languages with specifically, um, a, a, you know, a focus on physical touch. And we talked about how the enemy can steal that from us. Can you just elaborate a little on that? Okay. Well, I mean, to kind of piggyback off of where I was kind of going with the whole, I'm in this massage spiritual world yep. career how I reconcile that with, with my spirituality and my belief in Christ. So if, if touch, touch to me is one of the most primitive ways to show love and care for somebody without any words being exchanged, you don't even have to have eye contact for you to understand a message that's coming from one person to the other, whether it be bad or good. And so we think of, we think of just how important touches a baby needs water, food, and touch. Mm -hmm. If a baby is not touched and gets food and water, they will die. Mm -hmm. It's called failure to thrive. And so there has to be something there, right? It has to be something super, super unbelievably powerful. If we don't have it, we die from it. Okay. Just like the air in our lungs, just like the food and water we need to sustain our body. We absolutely have to have touch to sustain our body as well. And so to me, when we think about where our world is and how dark it's gotten and we see rape and we see sexual harassment and we see abuse of husbands or abuse of wives and whatnot. Doesn't that make sense that the God of this world, which is Satan, that he would something that you have to have to survive. Wouldn't that be his number one thing that he wants to attack? Mm -hmm. So, so to me, physical touch, this is where as a Christian, we can go back in and take that control away from him. Mm -hmm. And so it does speak back to that healing side too. Like if we take back his power over physical touch and we start going back into that world with the light of what physical touch and healing was supposed to be, mm -hmm. we actually affect massive change everywhere. Amen. Um, yeah. Yeah. I about 
you know, ideas God put in my head when I was 20 years old about taking, you know, people who've suffered sexual abuse and creating a place for them to work through that Christ-centered and then almost as part of their graduation, getting them linked into like being a baby cuddler mm. at the yeah. hospital and see how that their physical touch that was attacked and, and meant to kill and destroy them has now been turned around, handed over to Christ and used to literally give life to these babies. Amazing. Yep who already have been attacked in utero. I mean, right. it seems to me that physical touch needs to be something that's talked about more. I mean, there, I think we need to get more comfortable with doing it with one another again and understanding that the enemy is after it. Yeah probably more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, or it's probably number his number ones. Mm -hmm. I think he such, um, abuse. Yeah. Yeah. The best thing that the enemy could do is to kill and destroy any hope or love or anything that is in your life through a negative experience with physical touch, then preventing you from ever reaching out to get that life giving touch again. Right. It's like found a way to take you down, keep you away from Christ and then stick you down in that hole. Forever. Oh, yes. That dark hit. Yeah. Yep. So, um, obviously with the five love languages, I'm physical touch is glaringly my top one. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but, <laughs> yep. Which is probably why we get along so well. We I know. Really it. But yep. I just, that it's something to always be constantly thinking about, even not the one that you gravitate towards, yep. just understanding the weight of touch yep. and how, as much as it can be something that destroys you, it is one of the most powerful things that will restore you. Yes. Yes. I, <clears throat> when I realized that, um, I was, I had a therapist, um, some years ago and, and, uh, she said, you know, as a, as a single person, it's really important that you get the physical touch that you need. She said, you know, things like going to get uh, manicure and pedicure or, you know, make sure you share with your friends and family that you feel safe with that you really like strong, hard hugs, you know, and those things have been just like you said, Amanda, life changing and life giving because we are the hands and feet of Jesus, right? So if we know that we need that hug and that other people need that hug, I mean, safe people, of course, right? But it's, it's changed how I love on people and it's, it's opened up conversations with people who say, oh yeah, physical touch is my love language too. It's just, you know, I don't always feel like I can just share that with anyone. Um, for many years, I said, you know, if you met me 10 years ago, I would say, I'm not a hugger and I'm still learning 
un, you know, for many years I was awkward when I hugged and I'm still learning to, to like really hug, you know? Um, but praise God, because he brought those things to light and used, you know, people like yourself, people like therapists that I've been to, to bring that to light and to mm-hmm. sh- show that, you know, we, we need to be loved and it, you know, it's, it's, um, it's healthy to, to have needs that you can be vulnerable with and to be loved. Right. And if you think about it too, like when we think about the ministry of Jesus, the healing, mm-hmm. always, the miracle always preceded the belief. Yep. Right. So if we're creating healing, good, godly, physical touch in our interactions with people, we are essentially doing the pre-work before whatever miracle he's going to do. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely how I view my business. Not everyone who sees me as a Christ follower, but they're certainly going to experience him whether or not they realize it Mm -hmm. because that's what I'm going to use. I'm going to use that physical touch and that healing and that gift that he gave me and that love for it to hopefully plant anything. I don't even know what it will be. I don't even ask for what it will be. God, just do this. Use this physical touch as a way to bring about the miracle, whatever that miracle is for that person. Mm -hmm. And it's not for me to even know or determine or to even look at someone in my head and go, are they a Christ follower? Or are they not? How am I going to direct this physical touch? How am I going to direct this prayer that I'm saying as I'm massaging their scalp or whatever? It's like, it's not for me to know. He is the one who does it. I just have to be willing to enter into it. And again, the healing always came before the belief. Mm-hmm. So good. How can how can people connect with you and, and, and book an appointment with the pampered camper? Okay. Well, I have a website. It is the pamper camper ma.com. You can get a lot of information on there. Uh, I have my Instagram, my Facebook handles on there. Um, there's a phone number you can call or text. Um, A lot of times, to be honest with you, most people either direct message me from social media or they text me. Um, I'm kind of low key. It's a lifestyle business for me that really helps uh, connect, honestly, connect me to people, gives me an opportunity to use the gifts that God gave me to love on people. But really, every time I enter even the camper, it's for me and him. Mm -hmm. I just feel like the most home when I'm doing what he designed me to do. And I know without a doubt, he designed me to be a healer. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's how you can find the pamper camper. Uh, yeah, I'd love, but who wants to come, Uh, it's more important that, that people get to hear the heart behind why I started the business, why I'll continue the business and why I know God will bless it. Mm-hmm. And that's just because of him. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Would you, um, would you pray us out, Amanda? Please. I will. Um, dear heavenly father, I'm 
any conversation, honestly, that I have where we can just so openly speak your name and your goodness is always such a blessing to me. Um, I know, uh, just cause I know Lena a bit outside of this podcast. I know it was a blessing for her too, Lord, but, mm-hmm. but more importantly, we have two women's hearts here who are open to the way that you want to use our stories, our testimonies, our walks with you to be a blessing to others. That's what I want this moment in time, this recorded moment in time to be is just a blessing for other people, Lord. This is not about her. This is not about me. It is about you and what you want to do in the lives of every single ear that is listening right now. I pray that you remove any kind of hindrance from the enemy, any kind of fleshy part of us that keeps us held back. And as we listen and we ponder and we continue to dig into him and we read the Bible and we pray, and we, even if we don't even know him yet, personally, we ask more questions to other people who might know some of the answers, Lord, we, we just pray that they understand that you are at the center of all of it. And that you need to be the center of every moment of our lives. And as long as we keep coming back to that, we'll all be okay. You are always good. You promise good for those who believe in you, Lord. So I just pray that favor, that goodness over all of those listening, Lord. And I pray, I pray for some new sisters and brothers in Christ Yes, that are going to be coming up, Lord. I'll pray for so many more. I pray it across the entire globe. Please bring people to their knees, to their knees. Please, please bring people who will confess that you are Lord. Yes. I love you, God. In your name. Amen. Amen.